This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by the patrons of the Rural Woman Podcast. This amazing group of individuals contribute financially to the Rural Woman Podcast to ensure the stories of women in agriculture hit your earbuds each and every week. Want to join them in supporting the stories of women in agriculture while getting access to extended episodes, patron-only episodes, and other great perks? Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. Today, you'll meet Arnisha Smallwood. Arnisha is the founder of Agriculture is Life, a t-shirt brand committed to highlighting women of color in food, agriculture, and related fields. In 2020, she released the first season of the Agriculture is Life podcast to further amplify the voices of women of color. As a result, the podcast is continuously growing and has been listened to in over 20 countries. Arnisha holds a bachelor's and master's of science in agricultural education professional services from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. In addition to building a business, Arnisha serves as a communications associate for a nonprofit organization committed to hunger in the United States. Arnisha is very passionate about helping people, creating opportunities, and sharing the stories of BIPOC communities as they relate to food and agriculture. It is my pleasure sharing Arnisha's story today here on the podcast, and I can't wait for you to get to know her better. Before we get to today's episode with Arnisha, I want to give a shout out and a big thank you to Hannah, Stephanie, Sarah Kay, Jenny, Esther, Clancy, Romy, Katrina, Katie, Emily, Tiffany, Amanda, Suzette, and Sarah R. These fierce ladies are just a few of the amazing people who support my work through Patreon. They have access to ad-free episodes, extended episodes of the Rural Women podcast, plus get to hear my new podcast, Maybe You Can Relate, a Patreon-exclusive solo show with yours truly. If you'd be so kind to join them, plus the other members of the Patreon community who financially support this show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the Rural Woman podcast. Podcasts are free to listen to, but they are not free to produce. Financial support from my listeners enables me to keep sharing the stories and celebrating the stories of women in agriculture through the Rural Woman podcast. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with Arnisha. Good morning, Arnisha. How are you? I am. How are you? I am doing so well. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. I'm very excited to get to know you better and to share your story with my audience. Yes, yes. I'm so grateful and honored that you reached. I'm super excited for our conversation. Oh, I'm so excited. So for the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, Arnisha, give us your background and tell us who you are. Okay. I'm Nisha Smallwood. I'm the founder of Agriculture's Life. 
which is a t-shirt and podcast brand where we highlight women of color in food, agriculture, and related fields. I'm originally from New Jersey. Uh, I lived very close to Atlantic City growing up near the Pacific, but moved down south in 2008 to a very rural area. So that was a big adjust- adjustment for me. That sounds like a big adjustment, Arnisha. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Going from beaches to nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. So what prompted the move to North Carolina? Um, well, most of my family is in North Carolina. At that point, my mom had been working in the casino for about 25 years as a blackjack dealer. And my dad was a security guard for a lot of the celebrities that came into the casinos. And they kind of just wanted to slow down, you know, with life. I retired really young. So that's kind of what prompted our move. And we would come we would come down here every every year for my great grandma's birthday and it was a big celebration and we enjoyed it. So they just <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I'm sure your dad has some great celebrity stories and as well as your mom has great stories from yeah. the casino days. Good and bad. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So tell us how you went from Jersey City Girl into mm-hmm. starting in the world of food and agriculture. Yeah, it's a a really interesting story, you know. So I attended middle school and high school here in North Carolina. So it was about three years before I really had an encounter with anything agricultural related. So I think I was in sophomore or junior year. I was coming down the hall to go to the and I came out, remember, and I saw a flyer that had a black woman on it. She had natural hair and she had a briefcase and a suit on and it looked like she was going somewhere important. So it caught my eye and food and agribusiness industry summer program at North Carolina A&T State University. So for those who are not familiar with North Carolina A&T, that's a historically black college that was founded in 1891. And it's $250 to complete the program. It was for a week. And I was like, I'm going. I'm getting out of this small town (laughs) uh, this summer, even if it's just for a week. So... You know, we got got the residence hall where everyone was checking in, and I literally freaked out. I freaked out, and I was like, oh, my goodness, it's just farming and all this kind of stuff. I didn't have an educational background on agriculture, although farming is the foundation of very importance of agriculture. I just didn't have that connection at all, and I was very closed-minded at that point, being a sophomore in high school. So my dad had to tell me about, you know, like USDA and all the different career opportunities tell me to be open-minded and just go through the program because I would probably enjoy it. You know, if you never try anything, you never know. So I was like, okay. And I met a woman named Dr. Kenrit Jefferson Moore. She was a professor in agribusiness at my, and she's now the chair of the Department of Applied Economics, Agribusiness, and Agriscience at North Carolina A&T, and she is still my mentor till this day. I met her when I think I was about 15. We're still very close till this day, and she basically changed my outlook on agriculture in general and just to see someone that looked like me in such a high position and so educated and really had a love for, you know, agribusiness and like she did was amazing to me and still has an impact on me. So... Went throughout the program and enjoyed myself, learned so much, made so many friends, and connected with so many 
faculty and staff that a home away from home. And they offered another program for rising juniors and seniors, which was called the RAP program, the Research Apprenticeship Program. That was for a mom. And you get to rank your interests within the School of Ag. So if you wanted to do research in nutrition, you could. If you wanted to do research in animal science, ag education, ag business, you would rank from your most interested area to your least. And lucky enough to be paired with Dr. Kenrich Jefferson Moore to do research for for a month. And the really cool thing about this program is that got paid a thousand dollars. You have to do research, like friends, and connect with the staff. And they have an incentive that if you were to enroll in an undergraduate program at A and T within the School of Ag and Environmental Sciences, you will receive an additional $1,000 for books, tuition, whatever you did as a freshman. And I thought that was amazing. So I, there wasn't a doubt in my mind <laughs> about going to A&T. I was gung-ho on A&T. So I applied and I got in, and I majored in ag education, professional services, both in undergrad and graduate school. So that's a little bit about me, my background in ag. That is such a cool story of how this all kind of came to and where you are today mm-hmm. to seeing a poster in the hallway. Like, how random is that? <laughs> right, right. Well, and like you said, like the seeing somebody who looked like you in a field that, you know, typically you probably wouldn't have even thought of, you know, mm-hmm. putting your foot down and saying, hey, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do something new. And I, I like the advice that your dad gave of you, like, if you then you never know. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've said some pretty important things of as a young person not growing up in agriculture, I myself did not. And my view of the world of where my food came from was very skewed up until probably, eh, I'd say about nine years ago now. (laughs) But having the outlook of, you know, agriculture isn't just being a farmer. There are avenues in the agriculture world, whether it's actually being a farmer or a rancher and growing the food or working in banking or law or any of the things that have to do with agriculture. There's so many different things that you can do. Yeah, it is. And I always try to, when when I meet someone else that's young or just someone that's thinking about a career change, I just always let them know that it's so much more to agriculture. And that's why I still have outlets like podcasts and just education in general to help people see what, what it's really like to be in agriculture and the different avenues that they can take. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us more about journey look like after you were done school. So, well, this ties right into agriculture. It's like, so I, I was hit hard. After graduating from graduate school, so to give a little bit of background, I graduated with my undergraduate degree in 2016, and I went directly back into graduate school that fall because I I didn't want to stay out too long, and I was able to get funding, so I just decided to do the two years in, right? And I was really picky about where I wanted to go after graduating. I didn't want to just take a position just to take a position, grow or be my true and full self, right? So I didn't end up, you know, obtaining a job in May of 2018. And I was devastated because I was very active in school. I did everything they told you to do, internships, you know, everything. I literally did everything. 
and I still ended up, you know, not being able to get a job. And I, I really, right now, I really can't complain because I don't, I can't even imagine what students are going through right now in the limit, in the job market, you know. But I ended up moving back home with my parents. My parents have always been super, super, super supportive of anything that I've, I've wanted to do. And I didn't want to settle for less. I didn't want to just work any which way that I was growing as an individual. And they were like, you can come home, you know, until you, you figure things out and you do get a job in your in your field. You know, it takes time sometimes, and maybe this is time for you to relax. You know, you've been working so hard over the past six years, and you never really took a break. You need to chill out. But I'm the type of person... I don't know how to live in the present, so I'm I'm like, what's next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> and I I really went through a post grad depression, which is something that at the time a lot of people weren't talking about, but I'm I'm seeing now that more and more people are open about their struggles with mental health and you know people are not being where they thought they would be at twenty something. So coming out of school was really rough for me, but. I'm glad that I had my parents and a good support system to kind of uplift me during that time. And that's when I was able to, you know, really focus on agriculture, developing other things for myself that could not only benefit me, but other people too. Absolutely. And I love the vulnerability that you have shared with us about the mental stigmas that come out of, you know, coming off of this big high of being your like you said, doing everything that you were supposed to do. You took the internships, you did well in school and you come out and you're like, where are all these jobs that everyone's talking about? <laughs> so of course, exactly, right? Of course it's mentally, you know, you've put your heart and soul and finances into the last four to six years and coming out and not being able to find like that stinks and it's awful. Yeah. So not being able to find a job, obviously terrible. And you being the person that you're like, let's go, let's keep going. Tell us what you built out of this. Yeah. So my mom noticed that, you know, I was depressed and she's my best friend to give everyone a little bit of background on my mom. And she was like, baby, you got to do this. You got to figure something out. She was like, what about agriculture's life? And I was like, what do you mean agriculture's life? She was like, you've been saying this since you've been learning about agriculture and you've been going to school, like try to create something out of that. And I was like, okay, mom, you know, that was the depression talking. But when I was learning about agriculture, my model was agriculture is like, because we really can't carry out our daily activities without agriculture in some shape, way or form, you know, and anytime I'm trying to figure out something, I, I need to know the meaning of a word or how to put something together. I either use Google or YouTube. Those are my best friends. Those are my best friends. And I, I got on YouTube and I saw a video that said how to start a t-shirt business with zero dollars. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I've always been interested in in fashion. And I love a good Every I feel like everything on it because you learn so much about people from what they wear. Like If you think about the pandemic and people wearing their masks, people have really gotten really creative with it about them. And I, I I did see other brands at that time and I was familiar with a few and I never saw myself or women like me being represented through those brands. So I was like, you know, I highlight 
and serve my community and other communities of color by uplifting them through shirts. So I decided to create Agriculture is Life with statements and things that women of color and ag could relate to in the field. And I felt like if certain brands weren't going to celebrate or highlight these women, I'm not going to wait around for them to do it or hope that they do it um, and see the importance in highlighting them. I just decided to do it myself because oftentimes we are overlooked, underappreciated for our contributions to this work. And I, I really wanted to change that in some type of way. That's how I kicked off agriculture life. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm like fist pumping the air and all of the things because yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I love it. If they're not doing it, I'm going to do it myself. And when I are similar in that, why are we going to wait around for people to celebrate women and women of color and women in general in the food space? If, you know, mm-hmm. if it's not already being done and you're already one, like, let's do it ourselves here. So. <laughs> right. Right. And my mom always says, if you want to get something done, you need to do it yourself. Amen. <laughs> so. Amen. She's a smart lady. She's a smart lady. <laughs> so you launched this t-shirt brand and you've also launched a podcast. Tell us more about that. So I realized that more and more people have been getting into podcasting. And this was one of my initial ideas, too, because I was trying to figure out how I was going to actually frame my business because I'm a owner, like, I knew nothing. <laughs> Everything I learned was from trial and error. And I was just thinking to myself, what is a better way to amplify the voices of women of color than to just start a podcast and to allow them to tell their stories? They feel like sometimes our stories could be watered down or told incorrectly, and I don't like that at all. So I started the pilot season of agriculture recording in 2019, but didn't launch it until 2020 because it was my first time doing something like this. And like I told you before, I like to be prepared. (laughs) So I wanted to have everything mapped out. And I started with former colleagues, some people that are my friends. Um, So the audience that is listening to the podcast can really feel the connection that I have between myself and these women and the connections that I was trying to form with the women that I didn't really know as well. But I just wanted different areas of food and ag and different problems that are coming up in black and brown communities and allow women that are doing the work to just tell their story their way because there's no better way to tell your story but to do it yourself, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Coming from their mouths to our ears and all of the things. And I obviously, I have a podcast. I love podcasts and your podcast is so well done. And you've got a job highlighting oh, a, a diversity of women and different stories throughout your first season. When is your next season coming out? It is coming out later on this year, right before for summer, right Great. before summer. Good. That's the best time for me. Like, thank you for doing that because those are the long hours (laughs) in the tractor and eventually in combining and all of the things. So those are when I need good podcasts to come out. (laughs) Yeah. Working on it. Yeah. No, it's so good. And like I said, you've interviewed so many different women and they're talking about different things Mm -hmm. and they're in different, 
you know, different roles in agriculture. They're not all, they're all doing different things. One episode that I want to talk about specifically is the episode that you did with Brianna Holness and about the, mm-hmm. the Manners organization. Tell us more and tell my audience what the Manners organization is and how they've played a role in, in agriculture. Yeah, so Manners is Minorities in Agriculture, Natural Resources, and Related Sciences. So it's a nonprofit organization that is housed throughout different universities throughout the United States. And I became familiar with Manners in undergrad, but I I wasn't as involved until maybe my junior year when Dr. Jefferson Moore went in each project and presented out of my mind. So... <laughs> Manners promote academic and professional advancement amongst people of color. So within the organization, it's mostly POC, and to highlight those people and uplift them as well as it relates to research in particular. So I went to a conference. They have national conferences every year. This year is different, of course, because we're in the midst of a pandemic. And professors, professionals, schools, companies from all across the country come together one time of year, mostly in March, and you have oral presentations, you have chapter of the year, which is very competitive, and you have impromptu speaking competitions, just a whole bunch of competitions that you can participate in. It's a huge process, and it's super, 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 super competitive. And I went my junior year, competed in a poster presentation, and I won I think I won third place or second place, something like that, third place. And I won $150. College students that could be struggling, you could go and present and basically be rewarded for the research and work that you put in. So that's managed on the national level, which is really, really exciting and just a good community to be a part of. As far as A&P, we have a smaller manners chapter and NC State in North Carolina has a manners chapter too. So Throughout the different states, they have chapters. And it's just to make sure that students are professionally to build on their interpersonal skills, how they communicate, know how to write a resume, know how to write a research paper, know how to interview, know how to make themselves mark, basically uplifting these students and making sure that they're prepared to go out into the real world and really show them what they're about and that they are capable of doing this work and providing their perspectives in the agriculture and food space, regardless of where they come from. A uh, really, really close friend of mine, I love her to death. She served as a national officer for our region um, and did an excellent job and just helped bring more resources to our chapter great as well. So that's a little bit about manners. Yeah. It just sounds like an amazing organization. And I think like when I, I hear the outcomes from the students that participate in this, to me, it sounds very similar to FFA or 4A. It's geared specifically towards people of color. And like you said, the importance of seeing people who look like you in these organizations and these positions and having towards you, I think is so important and letting you know that there is space for you in the food and agriculture space. Yeah, absolutely. And I said to one of my professors a while ago, when I really got into at A&T, was that I wish that I would have joined earlier because there's so many opportunities that come out of there. They have like a career fair that's huge 
and you get internships and it's just from going to a manners conference. I know so many people that secured their jobs there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You can help support the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman podcast on Patreon. What is Patreon? It's a membership-based platform that helps fund and support creators like me to create and produce content like this that you all love. New to the Rural Woman podcast, Patreon is ad-free listening and patron-only bonus content and exclusive episodes. Learn more and join the patron gang today at patreon.com slash the Rural Woman podcast. So Arnisha, I want to kind of break into, we chatted a little bit about this before uh, we started podcasting, but um, now we chat about how women specifically in agriculture maybe are not highlighted in a way that is celebrating them and or at all. So the Agriculture is Life podcast is similar in the way that the Rural Woman podcast is highlighting the voices of women in agriculture. Tell me why it was important for you in the Agriculture is Life podcast to highlight typically the women agriculture. Yeah. So my whole thing with Agriculture is Life is my brain is created by a woman of color for a woman of color. So they know that they have a safe space. We don't always get safely know it's really hard being a woman and a woman of color in the ag, ag space sometimes because sometimes you're the only one that looks like you. And also we deal with, you know, racism, microaggression, belittling, just things like that, that can be really hard to deal with. And when you're someone that has been through what you've been through to talk to or even just view their story, it can be really hard. And I've said this before in other interviews, one reason that as well outside of my mom was Dr. Chastity English. She was ag education professor at North Carolina A&T. She did so much for me. I received a, a scholarship when I was working at McDonald's in high school. It was like my freshman year, and I was still working at um, McDonald's during the winter months, the, the winter break. And I received a scholarship. And Dr. English drove like three hours to Eastern North Carolina to be at the support me. And that was, that still sticks with me today. I have been blessed to have the opportunity to have black women in the agricultural space be my mentor and uplift me and check me and (laughs) push me to do better. And I know that everyone doesn't have what I had or experienced what I experienced. So I want to extend that love and encouragement and support to necessarily have that. And Dr. English, I asked her one time, I said, how can I ever pay you for what you did for me? And she told me, pay it forward. And I think going with agriculture is like, I'm paying forward what was done for me. And I know what it's like and how hard it is to be a woman in the space. And I just wanted to just strictly support my women. <laughs> Honestly, just to be honest, I just like to be a man in the agricultural space, and I don't know what it's like to be a black man or POC, you know, male in in ag, you know. And I just really feel like women are really lent a lot in agriculture, especially women of color. And I want anything I could do 
to, to change that. That's what I want to do. Arnisha, that is so good. And we have a little saying here on the Rural Woman podcast, and it's, I get a little misty. And uh, <laughs> that whole thing that, that uh, sparks some mistiness over here. So that is so good. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing with your brand and with your messaging through your podcast is you're paying it forward and you're in women of color in the agriculture space to share their stories and to share their struggles and mm-hmm. to share and to celebrate their you know, victories. That's the thing too. And for me with the, you know, starting the Rural Women podcast is at the time, ah, you know, women sharing their stories, uh, whether that was through Instagram or through podcasting or anything, but they weren't celebrating their stories. Everybody was Mm -hmm. kind of just like, oh yeah, this is what I do and is, but you know, like what you're doing and what you're doing in the food space is important and is worth something and it's worth celebrating. It's not just, you know, you're the farm wife or you're, you know, just a farm banker or anything like that. You are helping feed that agriculture is life and there is no life without agriculture. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. So good. Yeah, so I was good. getting misty over here too. I was like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so what is next for you, Arnisha? And what are you going to bring forward to the agriculture is life coming up next? Yeah, so my plan right now is to continue to build community first and foremost, because I always say my business, my brand, it's not about me. You know, it's about the women that I serve. And making sure some black and brown women growing up who are interested in food, agriculture, whatever it is, if it's botany, forestry, being a veterinarian, they can see themselves in some way, shape, or form and know that there is an outlet that will support them wholeheartedly. We know what it's like to go through hardships in our careers and upbringings. And one day I, I would love to give out grants and scholarships to help fund their dream or farm enterprises. So that's something I'm looking into to doing. But right now it's just continuing to learn more <laughs> because this is my first business. So I'm still new. I'm still learning a lot. I just continue to highlight women of color and ag in different areas because there's so, there's so many areas that I have not even scratched the surface of <laughs> and other communities that I definitely want to highlight too. So that that's, that's my plan. Other plans that I have, but they're to be determined, to be announced. <laughs> well, the sky is the limit for you, Ardisha. I think that you just have so many great ideas and the work that you're doing with Agriculture is Life is forward. So that is so great. For the listeners who would like to connect with you, where can they find you online? Okay, so they can find us on Instagram. So it's Agriculture is Life with one underscore. They use it is Agriculture is Life LLC on Facebook. And then the website is Agriculture is Life dot CO to shop with us. That's awesome. And for podcasts, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere you can stream podcasts. So it's just Agriculture is Life Podcast. That is so good. My last question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a woman in agriculture to you? Oh, goodness. That's such a good, that's such a good question. Just knowing that I am being me and so many other women 
lives are tied into my that I don't even know. Being an influence without even knowing that I'm being an influence and just having so many people tell me that I have touched them without even like knowing that I directly touched them. So the paying it forward and bringing other women along because I know what it, it feels like is one of the most rewarding things for me, being able to pull more women along the ride with me. That's one of the most rewarding things for me, honestly. So good. Missy again over here, Arnisha. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Thank you again so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reedner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at wildrosefarmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.